Welcome to Go Closer, the podcast that explores spiritual transformation and what it takes to go closer to God each day. Hi, I'm Kara Whitney. I'm a wife, a mom, and an evangelist author. And I'm Arnie Cole, a behaviorist, research scientist, and CEO of Back to the Bible. And I love to study life transformation. And you know, every person has a story. And today, we have a story that will inspire you to go closer. So Arnie, today we're going to talk to a friend of mine. His name is Dave. Dave's going to talk about a surrendered heart. I've known Dave. Uh, he was my husband Dan's personal trainer. And Dan is still a little chunky, uh, but don't hold that against You mean Dave. Larry the cable guy is chunky? Yeah, just a little. I mean, he, um, he has a joke about getting the keys to the city from Nutrisystems or Diet Weight Watchers or something that's hilarious. Let's just say when Dave had his training business, he finally ended up taking Dan off of his website, <laughs> testimonial. Uh, but here's the crazy thing about Dave is through this interview, I learned things about Dave. I never knew he really did struggle so much with alcohol. I did not know that. I thought he was more of a social drinker. The other piece that is so crazy to me is that when he would get on tour with us and he'd come out on the bus, on the tour bus, he would bring a Bible. I always thought he was already a Christian, but he's talking today about a lukewarm faith life. And I think that's really important for anyone listening to question, is my faith walk lukewarm? Well, of course, we know what God does with the lukewarm. Yeah. I he mean, it's not a pretty sight. Spews him out of his mouth. So let's talk to Dave right now about his faith life, his life of prayer, and his amazing testimony. Here's Dave. All right. Today, we're going to be talking to one of my great friends. I've known him a long time. He was on tour with us out on the road. He actually knew my husband uh, before I knew him uh, because he was my husband's personal trainer. But don't hold that against Dave because <laughs> Dan would sneak food. <laughs> yes. And, and all kinds of things. Dave ended up coming out on the road with us and just keeping Dan physically on track because I said I didn't want to be a nag. And so I let Dave take the brunt of so Dan's Dave abuse. So Dave is a real person. You know, I've, I've heard a few of Dan's shows, and he would talk about his physical trainer. And I always thought <laughs> it was like it was truly a joke. He, you're, you were a myth, not, not a real person. So uh, it's pretty well, cool. I'm actually, I'm actually real. And um, I was going through – I know the audience can't see you, but I was going through my garage last night. We got a, a discipleship trip for Israel coming up, and we're doing a garage sale. So I'm just going through stuff, and I uh, come to a, a box. I open it up, and I find all our records, old workout records, Kara, back to 2005. Wow. So, yeah. And uh, so it's it's real. <laughs> the results aren't always so good. Dave's but. <laughs> had job security. Through yeah, his yes, whole that's life. That's what it is. And uh, we, the running joke was always that Dave uh, finally just took Dan off of his website because <laughs> that was always the running joke. But so I've known Dave a long time and I've always admired you, Dave. Uh, and I'll, I'll get into that. 
But just tell us a little bit about growing up so we get your backstory. You were actually raised by two teenage parents. Uh, yes, actually, um, my mom, uh, she was 15. She uh, was born in Seoul, Korea. Uh, she's a military, military kid. And so she was in Korea for a couple of years, brought over and kind of had a kind of rough upbringing and she got pregnant at 15 with me and my grandma basically said you kids are getting married and <laughs> and so yeah I was raised by uh, my mom had me when she was 16 my dad was 17 and um yeah so it was uh, in, quite an adventure in <laughs> your grandma uh did she then help raise you you said she was uh, more of a spiritual leader of the family yeah, so, you know, my mom and dad were being so young. Uh, grandma definitely was like, she's still parenting her own kids. So she stepped right in and uh, she would take, you know, as the kids were trying to step, my mom and dad were trying to establish their life, uh, being young kids. She would take me on the weekends and, uh, you know, of course, she would uh, make sure that I study the Bible and memorize scriptures. And she would make sure we went to school and Sunday school and Bible school and so uh, she was a big influence on my life, you know, planting those seeds. You know, it was it was wonderful. I look forward to the weekends with grandma and granddad. And I think she was like maybe keeping me away from mom and dad's craziness because they were young. Right. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, she was definitely someone that I'm so thankful for in my life because uh, as I as I got older, and we moved away. I guess it was around sixth grade. We moved to the Lake of the Ozarks. And I kind of lost that connection. Uh, she was that spiritual guide, kind of that person that was always reminding me that, you know, do unto others, you know, as you would <laughs> have so, them do unto you. So did you like then uh, when you'd visit your grandma and you would go to church on Sunday, you didn't mind that then as a kid? Or did it seem like a chore or just part of uh, You know, it, as a kid, I really, I had, I mean, there were days where you're like, you know, you might give grandma a hard time, but she was so good about it. You know, you wasn't, there was no debate. So you were going. And so you better just make the best of it. But we had a small, very small church and probably 30 people. Most of it was my family. So. <laughs> right. So then you moved away and you lost contact with grandma. So how did that go for you? Did you feel like you lost a spiritual con connection or you just missed grandma or yeah it was a spiritual connection because my parents at home they didn't really pray or i never saw them open a bible uh they never talked about jesus or you know it was more of a you know one of those uh you know easter and christmas deals but to have that everyday person that can kind of guide you along and you're staying in the word. And at a young age, I prayed a lot. I had a, a real healthy prayer life uh, a lot. I mean, now that I think about it, it was really amazing being such with a young With your kid. grandma, you had a real healthy prayer life? Yeah, because I'd spend the weekend with her, you know, and I would, I would be so filled with the word and going to church. And then I would go home for the week and I would continue to pray because she would pray with me. We'd pray all weekend and then I would go home and I would continue that myself. Around sixth grade, we moved to the lake and all that stopped because we were about an hour and a half away. So I wasn't spending that weekend time with her. And then I got exposed to some things, you know, of the world and just kind of started kind of backsliding into the world a little bit in high school. And 
kind of went through a rough spell where I got addicted to alcohol. Um, you know, it's something that you don't ever really want to admit, but, uh, going back and look at it now, it was, it was really the worst thing that ever happened to me. How old were you, Dave, when you realized you were an alcoholic? Yeah, I would say when I met my wife, uh, now she, she knew I had a problem right away. Uh, she would say, because when I would start drinking, I couldn't stop. I would just want to have one and after the other, after the other. And she would, and, and she had a, had a son, uh, my stepson now who is just, I always tease her. That's the reason I married her because <laughs> he was the cutest kid, <laughs> but, uh, she knew right away. And she told me if I didn't stop that there wasn't going to, we weren't going to do this anymore. You know? Right. Looking outside, looking in, you wouldn't think that. But, you know, every time I would drink, just the things that would come over me, the thoughts and just, um, it's just, it's just not good. You know, it's, I didn't have to drink every day, but when I would drink, I would drink too much and no off switch, no off switch. And it's just, you know, it's one of those things that, um, I, I end up just praying about finally. I end up praying about it. And if I'm around it now, I don't even think about it. It's just, but it was definitely something that, you know, being a young age, it kind of gets to you. And, you know, you're with the guys. And next thing you know, you know, it's blocking you from God's will for your life. And, uh, you know, I was fortunate to, you know, uh, to get through that time in my life to where I know I can use it as a testimony uh, to help others kind of avoid that, you know, if possible or help them through it. I I met Dave when I was dating Dan, and then Dave came out on the road with us. Dave, this is what I find so crazy. So you were always a believer, right? You just were backslid. Yes, I, you know, uh, I was backslidden and got out of the words. So you're not really, you know, what happens when you backslide, you, you you become, you know, a hypocrite. You become a hypocrite and people see you. And, you know, you're cussing like a sailor and you're, you know, you're drinking and carrying on. And, you know, you have, you know, you're like trying to be a good person, but then you're kind of messing up um, half the time and, and not a very good witness. I was just caught up in in world in the world and, and God was just kind of doing a good work in me, you know, despite those things. And looking right. back now and the people that he put into my life to to just be there and to to uh, love on me and just, uh, you know, he was with me, even though I wasn't going to him, he was with me. This is what is so crazy though, Dave, you, I've never told you this. I want to tell you now. So I'm on this quest to find Jesus Christ in my life. And you know, when somebody has something and you want it, and so you just kind of watch them from afar, Dave would come with his Bible <laughs> on the tour bus. Like, I believed d- that you were reading that book every night, the whole thing. And so I wanted that. Mm-hmm. When in reality, now, you would describe yourself as lukewarm. Mm-hmm. Now, and I know that there would be some crazy nights on the road, mm-hmm. you, you know, back when it was 1992 up in... But Dave, I'm I'm looking at you, and I'm seriously going. I want what Dave has. Uh, Isn't that interesting? Because you would describe yourself then as backslid, and yet you had a vibrant testimony. Yeah, which is crazy. But you're you're like personally. Yeah, yeah. I would be like Dave is so kind 
mm. and such a sweet guy and so giving. He's a great dad, a great husband. And so I would go, I want what Dave has. Mm. Not knowing, Dave, uh-huh. that you were outwardly Christian, yeah. but inwardly, now I know you were actually struggling because yeah. you were lukewarm in that. Lukewarm. So at what point then did all of a sudden you go, I need to do something about this? I would say, you know, when the tour ended, I came home. We were on the road a lot and I wanted to have a business where I could be home with the family and not traveling and be gone. Even at the being a trainer at the gym, you got to go in early, you got to stay late. And I just wanted to, to be home. Well, I was lucky enough to, to build up a business where I could work from home and uh, I was blessed financially and uh, had a wonderful wife and great kids and knew Jesus. And I was upstairs one night and I just, I just, I just felt empty. I didn't know why. I didn't know what was going on. And when I was with Dan and you guys were listening and you started your walk, I remember you listening to David Jeremiah. And he listened mm-hmm. to the David Jeremiah app. And so I would go out and Dan would have it on. And we would be sitting around smoking cigars, watching uh, high school football. And I would listen uh, to David Jeremiah for, you know, it was like a 20-minute little little message. And I was like, oh, this is great. And so uh, it kind of started that process, you know, of like, you know what, seeking God again. And so I would come home after being... You know, listen to David Jeremiah with Dan every night. I would come home and I would continue it every day. Still having that feeling of like something's missing, you know. And one day I just literally decided, you know what? I'm going to, today I'm, I'm going to pray because I'm really going to humbly pray because I didn't have a prayer life. And you can be a believer and you could have your Bible and you can play the part from the outside. But if you don't have that internal relationship with the Lord and take things, all your cares and concerns to him, um, you know, you're going to struggle. So basically, uh, I said, okay, I turned everything off in the house and I even turned off the TV, the phone, turned off all the noise. And I said, okay, Lord, I'm just going to humbly pray today. And I just went to a place of total, a surrendered heart that day that I've never done before. I've prayed for like people when they were sick, but as I'm sitting there, I don't even remember what I said or started to pray, but I just, <clears throat> I kind of opened my eyes and I looked out and I saw out in the cloud, I just saw what looked like just a picture of, uh, just looked like a picture of, I would say the face of the Lord or, or the face of Jesus. I know it wasn't because we, we know we can't see the face of the Lord and <laughs> the all the glory of God and, and live. <laughs> but uh, right. I think he was just speaking to me in nature, which he does a lot, like gives me confirmations of that he's with me. And I just knew he was there and it looked so beautiful, clear. And I felt his presence come over me. And I just, I just knew he was there. And I got up and I walked over to the, to the, to the door and I looked up and it was still there. Just, and I was just, uh, I said, God, that's you, isn't it? And, uh, man, and it just changed me. It was like him hitting me on the head with a brick. I saw my, saw all my sins and, Saw where I fell short, and uh, it really made me realize how much I need him. Yeah, so that kind of led me to the mission field and kind of know what I'm doing now. And uh, it was just, it's kind of what happened. I actually didn't tell anyone for a while. I told my wife and I told uh, I told my kids, and I kind of kept it to myself. But I knew how to tell people because I didn't want that to be like 
as time went on, it didn't happen. You know what I mean? Like something amazing can happen. God can do something wonderful. But then we don't tell anyone. And then it kind of, we, we forget about it. I had I had one of the, those same moments in my kitchen. Yes. So when Dave finally texted and told me about it, yes. it, to me, I totally related because I was in the same place to where I had everything. Mm. And yet I felt like I had nothing. Yeah. And then it's that moment of peace that you know God's got this, but yeah. also when you really realize the weight of what Christ did for us mm-hmm. on the cross, when you finally understand that, that's when you just you just melt. I mean, you're yeah. putty in his hands. Yeah, it's it's that for me. It was that uh, what Paul talks about the the sorrowful repentance. You know, like it's a true. Like, I need you. Um, you're my savior. You are the Lord, <laughs> the Lord of Lord, the King of Kings. And um, you love me so much. And you really, like you say, you feel the weight of it. But then, because uh, you realize you need his grace and mercy. And it just kind of changed my direction on a surrendered heart. And it was still a major process. And uh, the Lord, um, he's amazing. I think the biggest question that we can ask ourselves today is, are we lukewarm? Dave talked about being lukewarm. And like I said, from the outside perspective, looking in at the time, and I wasn't a believer, Dave was lukewarm. Uh, He didn't completely surrender his heart. Oh, yeah. And, you know, being lukewarm is almost a syndrome where, you know, We've studied so many people's spiritual lives that I've come to the conclusion that everybody has a poison that uh, they pick, whether it's alcohol, whether it's your thought life, whether it's worry, but everybody has a poison. And I'm talking about Christ followers, and that poison can render them lukewarm, um, just that in itself. So it's an amazing story. Stay tuned for part two. Yeah, part two tomorrow is Dave talking about his prayer life. Maybe if you are getting the sense that you could be lukewarm, Dave's going to talk about the power of prayer and how that could bring you out of it. It's really incredible. So come back tomorrow. Today's Go Closer podcast is powered by Go Tandem, the free spiritual fitness app. Find the link in today's description and go closer with Go Tandem.